0: Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Coach School Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimmy. I went from being a burnt out pediatric hospitalist to building a multiple six figure coaching business while working full time. I did this by mastering sales and getting my clients amazing results as a coach because the two go hand in hand the doctor coach school, I help women doctors become transformative coaches and build profitable high ticket coaching businesses using my proprietary coaching tools and my proven sales framework. If you are a woman doctor who wants to obtain freedom through coaching, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Dr. Coach School podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the action-belief process. This is a process that I developed over the years to help me actually move to the next level in my life. I'm going to talk to you about exactly how I began laying the groundwork for this process. Where did it come from? How did I develop this and what it has done for me in my life? I am so excited to share this process with you because this is the process when people talk about manifestation, and you know, when the Bible talks about speaking those things that be not as though they were essentially speaking things into existence and creating a new life for yourself, that is a hundred percent. Possible by using the action belief process. So, I'm going to walk you through where it came from. And I want to just start with taking you back to episode zero and just reminding you of where I was, right? So, I was in a very, very low place in December of 2016, excuse me, 2017. This was after my mother passed away, I was in my office surrounded by sticky notes full of affirmation and feeling like a complete failure, like my life was just not on track and I could not get it together despite desperately wanting to, despite telling myself that I was going to change my thoughts and I was going to think new things. And I was going to affirm myself and affirm my way to greatness. I couldn't pull myself out of the funk that caused me to procrastinate every day. I was unable to get out of bed. I internally had dialogue I mean the things I used to say to myself y'all I would not say to my worst and and I really need that it was a vile the way I spoke to myself so that's where I was and I was able to thankfully disable my Facebook account which needed to be done Facebook was my drug of choice when I was feeling anxious it still is we still all have moments right we all have moments So whenever I'm feeling anxious, I find myself scrolling on Facebook. That's what was happening that day. I disabled my Facebook account. I reached out to a therapist. And with my therapist, which I'm so thankful for her, she started to show me, help me to see my brain. And what I noticed was that my internal dialogue was creating beliefs about myself. And I was reinforcing those beliefs every time I took actions that kept me in the pattern of dysfunction. So I use the example of snoozing, and I want to stick with that example because when I stopped snoozing, my life changed. I know that seems far-fetched. I know that seems like a big stretch to say that not snoozing would change my life. But ladies and maybe some gentlemen, if you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, me not snoozing. Changed the game. I would not be where I am today in my life and in my business if not for one pivotal moment that I'm going to show you. I'm going to take you back to that moment in just a bit. But it started with me making a commitment to not snoozing, to keeping my first promise to myself in the morning. That changed everything I believed about myself. And I'm going to walk you through exactly how that happened. So December of 2017, I started working with a therapist and as it typically goes, when you're working on your brain and working with a therapist, it was a little bit of a slower process. I didn't get there right away. Um, but you know, there's this thing with me where, I you know, I, I've seen memes about this and maybe you guys can relate, but like, I'll like hop on my Peloton one day And then I'm like, why am I not skinny? Like, you know, our brain does that to us, right? Like our cave woman is like, okay, you exercise one day. Like, why are you still overweight? It was a similar thing when I was going to therapy. I started going once a week and I was making progress, but the the result, like the end results of my life, like what I was actually accomplishing in my life wasn't really changing. What I noticed was that I had more awareness of what was happening, right? So I started to notice that my thoughts were influencing my feelings. My feelings were impacting my actions. My actions through my internal dialogue were reinforcing or creating new beliefs. And then those beliefs were impacting my results. Like I got that part and I was like, okay, I see it. I see it. I see what's happening here, but I didn't feel empowered to change it. I didn't know how to change it. And again, when you start seeing something Really seeing it, um, you know, if you don't have the tools to then take the next step, it can be a little frustrating for your brain, right? So my brain was like, okay, I see it, but then what's next? Like, what do I do next? Right? And so what I noticed with myself was I noticed that every single time I snoozed, my alarm in the morning because the snoozing didn't just stop. And I tried, y'all. I was trying. I knew that this was a huge area of growth for me. I knew that this was an area of growth for me. I spoke about it with my therapist and I just knew because I knew how it made me feel. It was the first thing I did in the morning that continued the pattern of behavior that I had been in for so long. And it just reminded me of everything that I was. And so I knew that snoozing was like, The final frontier. If I could actually get my snoozing under control, I, there was something in me that let me know. I just knew that my life would change, but I didn't know how to do it. And y'all, I would sit, I would journal for hours. I would even pray about it. But then I would wake up in the morning and my body would just continue the same patterns, right? Because it had become a habit, become a habit. And I wasn't doing anything to break the habit. So from December till March, I'm working with my therapist. I'm trying to break this cycle of snoozing and nothing's happening. It turns out that we come to March 26th of 2018. This was a pivotal, pivotal day for me. So March 26th of 2018, I was turning 36. Now my mother had me when she was 36 years old and this was my first birthday without her because she had passed away nine months prior to my 36th birthday. So this birthday felt pivotal. It felt pivotal to me and it it felt like I should be in a different place, right? And so I woke up that morning. I was not on service. I was just having an academic day, like an admin day. And I did not want to go to work that day. I snoozed again. I snoozed (laughs) that day. And I just felt so low. I was missing my mom. My mom wasn't there on my birthday. Usually on my birthday, I would get a phone call from my mother, like kind of first thing in the morning. And that didn't happen. That did not happen on that birthday for the first time in basically my whole life. I was on my birthday and not hearing my mother's voice. So you can imagine what, A low place that was for me. I decided to stay home and work from home that day. And if you, if you were in my office with me right now, you would see me using air quotes because working from home for a procrastinator, especially back then, this was pre COVID, right? Like this was pre when we actually had to do work from home. I, that really meant that I was at home, but I was mostly doing the things I normally do when I feel overwhelmed and anxious, scrolling the internet, watching YouTube videos, right? So I was quote unquote doing work from home, but I had the TV on and I had a YouTube video playing. And I truly believe there's moments in my life where I am convinced that it is the Lord and not me. I'm convinced. No one can tell me otherwise because Based on the videos I was watching, I'm not sure why YouTube recommend the video it did. But I was sitting at my dining room table. I had notebooks surrounding me. I had my computer open and I had the TV playing in the background. And I just felt this weight. I felt it in my chest. There was just this heaviness. It's my birthday and I'm not celebrating. My mom is not here. And I don't know how to pull myself out of the low place that I have been in. I and I desperately wanted to. Meanwhile, it's like I'm that all that's happening in my brain. Meanwhile, YouTube channel is playing in the background. Oh, now I remember. You know what is so funny? I just remembered where this came from. So there was a lady on YouTube, and she would do planning and organization videos. And since becoming more aware of the fact that I need to schedule my day, I need to have a plan for the day, I started watching planner videos. And this one particular lady, I would watch her, her channel a lot because she would talk about lifestyle and planning and how to be productive. And I wanted to be like that, right? I didn't know how to do it, but I wanted to be like that. So it was actually her channel that was playing. That's crazy that I just had that recollection. So her channel was playing and it just kind of kept going through her videos. And I stumbled on a video that changed my entire life. I'm so grateful for this moment. I'm so grateful. I watched her interview Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins is the author of the book, The Five Second Rule. And I kind of looked up and I saw, I never heard of this book before at the time. And I saw her interviewing the lady and she was talking about how the book changed her life and they were just doing the whole interview and the youtuber her name was amy said if you guys have not watched Nell robbins's robbins excuse me ted talk go watch it right after this video and for some reason i listened right because what they were talking about was intriguing what I heard her saying to Amy was about how she changed her life, and I didn't know exactly how. And they were saying something about five seconds, and I was like, "What are they talking about?" Like, so I kind of got a little bit nosy, right? I was like, "What? Well, what are we talking about here?" Like, I wanna, I wanna figure out, I wanna know what's going on. So I went to YouTube, I, I grabbed my remote, and I found the TED Talk. And I'm listening again. I would have told you I was doing work, but I kind of wasn't. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was scrolling Facebook. I'm not sure. But the TED Talk starts playing and I was immediately drawn in and I'm listening to her speaking. She's talking about her life. And there was a period of time when she was essentially unemployed and her husband's business was failing and she couldn't get out of bed every day. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds familiar. Not the unemployed or... Husband's business, business, but (laughs) what sounds familiar is not being able to get out of bed and snoozing and just feeling like a failure every morning, waking up knowing that that day was going to be a disaster, just knowing in your bones that the day was going to be horrible. And she talked at the end, she just sort of at the end mentioned this concept of counting down five, four, three, two, one as a way to interrupt. Your brain's unconscious internal dialogue, which is keeping you stuck, right? So if there's something you want to do, something you know you want to do, just saying five, four, three, two, one, 3, 1 and moving forward with it, right? Because just speaking out, out loud interrupts that, that automatic programming. And I thought that that was really interesting. And I wanted to know more. Right. And so she mentioned, I, I started kind of looking her up. Actually, I think I went down a rabbit hole of just watching any video she had on YouTube. And I recognized that she had a book called The Five Second Rule. And I was, I, I had never heard anything like this before. And it, I just knew in my bones that this was the way out. But I wasn't sure because, again, I had been a chronic. Snoozer, chronic procrastinator, hot mess, overwhelmed person for so long that I couldn't imagine pulling myself out of this. How is this really going to happen? And so I wanted to test it out. So I'm sitting in my living room, no one's at home that day. And I said, Well, let me see if this 54321 thing works. And here's what I tried it on. Remember, I said I had been going to my therapist. Well, I needed to make a, a follow up appointment because it was a, an appointment that I had missed like maybe a month prior. And when you are like I was, you miss an appointment, you have that internal dialogue. Oh, you're a horrible person. Why'd you miss this appointment? She's not going to want to see you anymore. Just y'all, I'm telling you my internal speech, what I used to say to myself was horrific. I would beat myself up about everything, everything. Right. And so I knew I needed to get back into therapy. And I felt so insecure calling her because I felt like guilty about missing the appointment. Right. So, so simple. So I said, let me see if this whole five, four, three, two, one thing works. Right. And so I picked up my phone. I dialed the number and then my, my finger kind of hesitated. This had happened several times throughout the month. Right? I tried to call and then I talked myself out of it. And instead of listening to my, what I call now my inner cable man, my, that automatic part of my brain that's trying to keep me protected and safe. I did it. I said, five, four, three, two, one. And I hit dial. I called her and made the appointment. And invariably, as it often is, it wasn't as hard as I was making it out to be. It was very simple. She didn't say, oh, you missed your last appointment. I don't want to see you anymore. (laughs) Like, what my brain was telling me. That's what thats what my brain was telling me was going to happen. Of course that didn't happen. And it was amazing and it worked out. And then I said, maybe there's something to this. I need to read this book, but I didn't want to purchase the book, the physical copy, because it would take two days in Amazon, on Amazon to get to me. I needed it right now. I wanted, so I, I just said to myself, well, what's the best way to get this book right now and to start digesting all this information i was like i need this i was desperate y'all and i was like well an audiobook would probably be the best way and i could listen to it while i'm driving while i'm working while i'm cooking and then i could be you know i could be ingesting the information while i'm doing other things and that way i wouldn't have to wait two days and i wouldn't have to block off time to read so here's another thing i needed to use the five second rule on and looking back and I try not to do this with judgment, but it's just so fascinating to me where I was and where I am now. I had downloaded the Audible app way back in 2017 when I decided I was going to walk in my purpose and change my life. I was like, I know books are going to be the thing that helped me because I love reading, but I felt like I didn't have time to read physical books. So I downloaded the Audible app. But I never used it. And isn't it so interesting? It's so crazy. And like I said, I try not to do it without judgment. So I'm trying not to say the words like crazy or anything or silly. But it's just fascinating to me. I downloaded the app and then never used it. I purchased the app and never used it. And just that fact, like I just want you to imagine what a different place I was in back then. And maybe some of you guys can relate to this. I had such negative internal dialogue about paying for an app that I didn't use, that even seeing the app made me feel guilty and terrible about myself, that I didn't even want to open the app to see how to use Audible. And, you know, that is something that would happen to me frequently, frequently. I would pay for something. I remember there was my first job out of college. I marched into my Boss's office and said, "I need a new furniture because the furniture they gave me was old and raggedy." They purchased new furniture for me, and then I never put it together. Until my boss came back to me and said, "Why aren't you putting the furniture together that you asked us for?" Is because I didn't deserve. I didn't feel like I deserved it, right? And and then that internal dialogue started of. Oh, you see you asked for furniture and then you got it and then you didn't even put it together and you're a horrible person. Why would you do that? Right. And then that made me procrastinate even more. This was my life, y'all. I did it on big things. I did it on small things. Emails. Whew. Emails used to take me out, right? So even something as simple as an audible app, something that's supposed to give me pleasure and joy, brought immense angst and anxiety. But that day I said, well, let me see if I, this whole five second rule thing will work for me even downloading this app. So I did it. I took out my phone. I said, five, four, three, two, one. I clicked the audible app, actually read the instructions for how to download a book and I downloaded the five second rule book. So I used her principle to get her book. Right. And then I was like, this is the best thing ever because these are two things I had been avoiding for so long. And just saying five, four, three, two, one got me to the point that I was able to do it. So I was like, there's something to this. So I clicked on the book and I started listening and I devoured it. I'm pretty sure I listened to it in less than a day because I could not stop. My mind was completely blown. And here's what I learned about myself. I learned about my unconscious mind on a deeper level. I learned that I was stuck in an automatic program I learned why, and this is around the time that I named her my cave woman, right? because I felt like I wanted to have a way of distinguishing that part of my brain from my highest self, and so I called her my cave, my inner cave woman. I learned that the reason that she was keeping me procrastinating was to keep me safe so here's how I came up with the analogy of a cave woman. I want you to imagine. Thousands of years ago, millions of years ago, whatever, our ancestors are in the African savannah in a cave, right? And they're in a cave all together and they run out of food. And somebody needs to leave the cave to get more food. But there are predators outside of the cave. And there are potentially, you know, enemies from another tribe outside of the cave. The ancestor, well, the person, Who left the cave without checking the weather, without checking whether or not there was a lion or tiger or bear nearby? The person who did that, they didn't, they're actually not my ancestors, right? Because they didn't have a sense of making sure that things are safe, that the environment is safe. If they just walked out of the cave, they probably got eaten and didn't make it back alive, right? So we are the descendants of people who decided to assess our environment is there a lion nearby do i need to fight or do i need to flee am i safe is it safe to leave the cave right and so that part of our brain the primitive areas of our brain are responsible for keeping us safe from harm now when we lived in a time where there were predators and enemies all around us it was very adaptive and completely made sense For our autonomic nervous system to be revved up, our amygdala to to start firing, right, our adrenals to start secreting all of the things, right? So our sympathetic nervous system is activated, adrenaline, right? So epinephrine, norepinephrine, you guys know this, right? It totally made sense for that to happen so that we could fight the bear or run from the predator. The difference is now we live in a society where we are not in Western society currently bombarded by lions and tigers and bears every day, but we are bombarded by our own thoughts and our own emotions and our recollections of the past and our memories and our fears for the future. And those things cause the same exact response. Your primitive brain and your amygdala send out signals and your hypothalamus starts secreting hormones and then your adrenals start kicking out the epinephrine, right? So that you can be prepared for battle. But the battle is in your brain. The battle, most of the battles we fight in this day and age are in our brain. For the most part, if we are not living in a war-torn country, if there aren't actual physical threats happening to us, and sometimes there are, and it's great that we have her we have that fight or flight response, but fight, flight or freeze is really what it is, right? I tend to freeze. I'm kind of a freezer when I'm nervous, when I'm in, uh, when my SNS is activated, I freeze. But typically nowadays, that's happening in our brain, and it's shutting us down. So you're cave woman. Is that part of you, that automatic, that unconscious part of you that's trying to keep you safe from psychological harm, ridicule, humiliation, embarrassment, dislike. Like, I don't want people to not like me. Right? Like, all of those are a threat to your unconscious mind. And so... What she does is she keeps you, and this is really important for you to understand what's happening with your clients and with the people in your community and with yourself as well. She keeps you safe by keeping you in the cave. And what is your particular cave? Mine was procrastination and self sabotage. For some of you, it's perfectionism, just really all stemming from the same place, right? For you or your clients, it could be perfectionism. It could be the cave of overwhelm, where no matter what, you are just consistently overwhelmed. You take in stimuli from your environment, and then you get overstimulated, and you decide that it's just too much, and you shut down. Maybe your cave is fear of the unknown. right? So we all have our cave. Maybe your cave is multitasking. Starting and stopping, and starting and stopping, and hopping from one thing to the next thing, so that you never fully get that thing off the ground. All of that is protecting you from potential harm, psychological harm. Your cave woman, that part of you that tries to keep you small, she's only trying to help you, right? It's now maladaptive for those of us who want to do big things, like start a successful coaching business, <laughs> coach clients, sell with. Consistency and with power, that part of our brain doesn't want us to do those things, right? But it's coming from a place of trying to protect you. So the first thing I needed to do was see her, and that's what Mel Robbins' book did for me. It showed me where those thoughts were even coming from. Why am I Why am I snoozing every day? And that's what I loved about her book is that she started off her whole journey with not snoozing. She is now a multi-million dollar Leader, coach, entrepreneur, speaker, author, and it started with not snoozing. She just said, "If I could just get out of bed tomorrow, I feel like things are changing my life." She did five, four, three, two, one, and she got out of the bed. And So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna try this thing. I've been trying to not snooze. I've been trying to like positive my way, right? Like affirm my way to not snoozing. It's not working. I need to do something to override my automatic." my automatic programming that automatic internal dialogue that is trying to keep me stuck I need some way to overwrite that now I remixed it because that's my thing I remixed it and instead of saying five four three two one I decided to say I can do hard things which is the same same number of syllables right but so powerful because I unintentionally I didn't realize this till later was Writing the program in my brain, creating the neuronal connection, so that when I got up, I was now associating that action with a new belief about myself. Action, new belief. The action was getting out of bed. The new belief was, "I can do 100." So the next morning, well, that, that night I set my alarm. I was so excited, y'all. I remember this. I set my alarm. I said, "I'm going to wake up." at 6 a.m. And the thing was, I tried to be realistic, right? When am I actually going to get up, right? If I've been rolling out of bed at 7 every morning, me trying to now wake up at 4, not realistic, right? And that's something that she talked about in the book as well. So I said, okay, let me set my alarm for the time that I would normally finally roll out of bed, but let me just set one alarm and say five, four, three, two, one, 1, and get out of bed. And Folks, it happened. I learned went off. seven o'clock the next day. I said, "I can do hard things." Got up. And I cannot tell you the sense of accomplishment and satisfaction that brought me. I had never been so excited to wake up in the morning. I was like, I did it. I did it. I can do hard things. Here's something that's interesting that happened. right after that. I had the most amazing day ever, and here's why. Two things. Number one, because I was now building this new belief, I, I had actually done something I said I was going to do. I kept my first morning promise to myself. I promised I was going to wake up, and I did it. And just that alone, I started to, to say new things to myself. My internal dialogue started to change dramatically. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I I just. Uh, it just brings, it brought me so much joy. And I'm still like reveling in that moment because that was the moment that changed my life. That one day changed my life. And then here's what I noticed also it was like three o'clock that day. And I was like, wait, I'm not tired. Like, I have a lot of energy. What is going on? And I've actually walked hundreds of women through, I used to do no snooze challenges back when I was a procrastination coach. And I have walked hundreds of women through this challenge. And they agree that there's something about not beating up your brain in the morning with incessant snoozing <laughs> that gives you a lot of energy, right? Because your brain cannot go into a full sleep cycle in the nine minutes you give it between snoozes, right? So it actually helps, and you actually end up feeling more alive and awake and energized. you you're, you're A woman wants you to believe that you're going to be tired because you're getting less sleep but you're actually way more energized and i have proven that to this day so y'all that's what i did here's what i did i took an action i paired it with a desired belief so that when i did that action i was teaching my brain that the belief was true to an action i paired it with a desired belief. So that when I did that action, I was teaching my brain that that belief was true. I was now someone who could do hard things. What I noticed was, as I continued to walk, as I continued to do this, I actually started doing hard things. I started opening my emails. <gasps> <laughs> I started reading my emails, y'all. Keeping up with them. Not always. I still fell off from time to time, right? I'm human. But I started taking bold steps. This was like around the time that I started my blog, my very first blog, Husband, Wife, Doctor Life. That was a hard thing. I did it. I changed my entire life with just one step. It was just about pairing my actions with a desired belief. And I kept doing that over and over until I started to believe it. So this was no longer empty affirmations that my cave woman did not believe right? Because when I was just trying to tell myself I'm great and I can do hard things, but when I wasn't taking any actions, my cave woman was scanning. My kid, your cave woman knows the truth, okay? And so she's scanning the environment. She's like, well, where's the evidence that you're actually doing hard things? There's no evidence, right? And so that cognitive dissonance of saying one thing, but truly believing another left me with great discomfort And I wasn't able to move forward. But when I started pairing my actions with my desired beliefs and then doing those actions, my kid was like, I guess, I guess you do do hard things. I guess it's not actually that bad anymore. Like, I guess we're not going to die if, right? Because your kid woman is like literally always trying to protect you from death, right? Essentially. So she's like, I guess you're not going to die if you get out of bed in the morning, first thing. Right? And so it became easier and easier. It took time, y'all. It took time. I want to just submit to you that when I first started not losing that March 26th, it took me maybe six to nine months before it became a full routine. So I had to give myself grace. But that was the first step. That is why I am here today. And I'm so grateful for just that moment, that low moment. Guys, low moments in your life are for a reason. If you can look at the moments in your life and recognize that they are all working together for your good, then you will be unstoppable. If you can glean the lesson from those moments, I mean, that's exactly what we do inside of the Dr. Coach School. We take the the ashes of our life and turn it into something beautiful, turn it into our intellectual property to help someone else. And that is what I was able to do in that moment. So again, I took my actions, paired it with my beliefs. And then when I did those actions, I actually started to believe in things about myself. And then I started noticing, well, what what if I do that intentionally about other things, right? It started off with just snoozing. But then I started to say, well, what other actions can I pair with beliefs, right? And I started doing it. In other ways, I started intentionally decide. I, I started intentionally deciding what I wanted to believe, coming up with an action, right to pair with it, and then when I did that action, I then made it mean that that belief was true. That, and I'm gonna walk you through on next on the next episode my full action process because I built it out from there. I'm just giving you the nuts and bolts today, but I have essentially used this process to do the big things that I do in my life. I use my belief flow to see where my brain is. Where am I? What's going on in my life? What am I thinking, feeling, doing, believing? What are the results? And then I use my action belief process to rewrite the narrative. I use the action-belief process to actually get things done and believe in things about myself so that I get. So, so remember, your beliefs directly impact the results. What you believe is the result you will have. Not just what you do. You, if you don't pair your actions with a belief, there's people who don't snooze every day, but they have not decided that that means that they can do hard things. And so it doesn't necessarily roll over to the other aspects of their life. But for me, I made not snoozing mean something about me. And I did that intentionally. And I just decided, me not snoozing means I can do hard things. It means I'm an amazing person, right? I've used this essential process to create my business, to launch my coaching program, to have consistent clients since the beginning of my business, to hit six figures in revenue, to hit mostly six figures in revenue, to have a six-figure launch, to help my clients achieve results, it all comes from the action belief process. And like I said, there are more steps to the process that I will outline next week, but I just wanted to give you that initial, the initial bare bones of what it is. Next week, on next week's episode, I will walk you through the actual steps of the action belief process process this is a process that we utilize inside of the doctor coach school and this is a process that i allow my clients to use on their clients as well once you're in my program then you can start utilizing these steps on your own clients because this is the truth of manifestation when the bible says that Faith without works is dead, and works without faith is dead also alone. That is the action belief process. I'm so grateful to God for just downloading that into me. But this is how it works you have to have the belief, you have to have the faith, but you have to have works, the action. You have to pair them, they have to be together. You cannot just, here's the biggest thing, and I could name this (laughs) actually on my prior podcast had and I might may do it over here too, who knows, right? Because I don't mind being a little controversial. Adam on my prior podcast had an episode called Affirmations Are Trash. (laughs) And they are affirmations alone will not get you results. Thinking positively alone will not get you results. You must pair it with an action. You've got to pair it with an action. That's it. It's the only way that you will be able to achieve results in your life and in your business. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Next week, I'll walk you through all of the steps of the action belief process. I'll walk you through how I've been able to achieve massive transformation and success utilizing the action belief process and how you can start doing this for yourself as well. Again, thank you for joining me on another episode of the Dr. Coach School podcast, and I will see you next week.